you know, I something this isn't this doesn't you know, Joe, if you feel like you need to, you can cut this. I need to say this and I've already said it on my social media platform, but uh if you're listening to this and you are an adult and you don't have a medical reason why you can't get the vaccine, fucking get the vaccine. Because we need to hit a target number of close to 90% of adults getting the vaccine to reach herd immunity. So I know that Americans don't like to do shit unless there's a parade for it. So just think of going and getting your vaccine as the the parade being thrown for you. I mean, honestly, if, if it was going to be, you know, I don't want to talk about that anymore. Let's just get the fucking vaccine, you chuds. All right. <sighs> Do you want to record a podcast? Because I don't really care just, we can we can Joe, just, just talk all right all do right, the fine. thing fine hello friends and welcome to brainworms podcast brought to you by salty pete's cool ranch pork rinds Mm-mm. salty Pete. if it's not salty pete's don't stick it in your mouth i'm joe i'm david i'm kane and i'm chris and i'm here to say please send us more 44 magnum bullets because we only have three bullets and we can't decide who it is that the unlucky one of us to get you know left alive after we're all done shooting ourselves i thought the plan was to stack us and just see how much penetration we could get from each bullet i got some penetration for you Mm -hmm. regardless back to your original 44 magnum thing we don't need more than that because I have the furnace. No, see, the furnace is once you burn yourself in it, it's programmed to reproduce another one. That's so. That's not true. That's why I locked you assholes out. Wait, what? You had it set up for that. So you're just voluntarily regenerating at this point? I mean, if you didn't notice, I have real people legs now. I have real people arms. Holy shit, where did those come from? I mean, I, I figured once he figured out genitals, it was all... Yeah, you know. I mean, once you have genitals, you want something to be able to touch them with. That's yeah. well, it was more just to keep them from being squished by my locomotion. Right. Everybody's doing the locomotion. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna go ahead and get in the furnace now. <laughs> <laughs> you're abusing it now. You're you're abusing the furnace. Yeah, it's, it's for work. It's not for play. <laughs> that is your work furnace, sir. <laughs> It's a tool, not a toy. The OSHA work furnace. You know what? I'm not. I'm actually not going to get in the furnace. I'm just going to clone multiples of myself, and then I'm coming for you. <laughs> oh my god! Is, is this going to be our version of Alien, but instead of the Xenomorph, it's Kane? <laughs> Basically, do we have a self-destruct sequence for the Beanstalk Moon Space Station? You used to have one, but you oh, remember how for the past like eight episodes have been talking about how I've been sending my consciousness through the internet. Yeah. 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 None of that stuff's going to work now. Ah, oh, Jesus. I'm just really looking forward to the ultimate battle where like Joe is in a power loader, like cradling Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Get back. You bitch. <laughs> Sold. I'm picturing the reveal scene from the first Alien where Ripley is like in the room with the chains, and instead of the Xenomorph slowly coming down, it's just a disarmed, de-legged, naked cane just <laughs> wetly falling onto the floor. <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, just wait. 
until I unleash the lemming canes. Oh, man. Yeah. We should talk about a book. Do we have to? Yeah. I mean, at this point, we might as well just keep talking about what we're talking about. Yeah. It might, might be a better use of everyone's time. Well, let's hear what book we're going to do. And then I might say, fuck the book. Let's just talk about Kane killing us. Sure. Yeah, David knows. And, and I think he would rather talk about Kane's clone genitals and power loaders. <laughs> I would. I mean, I I, I got to admit, actually, there's, a, there's an interesting sort of history to this like 20 odd years ago i i decided that my supervillain plan for taking over the world was going to be transmitting my consciousness into the body of a starfish and then using the natural tendency of the starfish to regenerate and grow a whole new starfish just continually clone myself this is so much more sophisticated (laughs) man science is neat it's because you guys fucked up and made me better it's true Uh, my imagination is darker but way more expansive (laughs) i'm just imagining like an army general and a scientist looking in a room at de-armed delayed cane like trying to just get across the room like it's the perfect weapon (laughs) <laughs> poking it with a stick <laughs> I mean, now i've got now i've got fully formed arms fingers genitals legs feet i, I think calling those fully formed is a bit <laughs> of an overstatement look just because the bones are coming out of the tips of the fingers doesn't mean uh, they're not fully formed oh God, that's that was a choice thing i've heard yeah. this podcast so far Literally. Yeah, you kind of look like a full-grown version of the puppets from the movie Puppet Master <laughs> in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah. That's... You guys, like uh, an hour and a half ago before you pressed record, <laughs> did you guys not hear the grinding sounds? Oh. Yeah, I filed all of my fingertips into sharp, po- jagged points. Oh. Mm. Well, that's <laughs> that's very upsetting. Yeah, and the, the lemming the canes worst that I've been X-Men creating, character. right? They have unhingeable jaws because I've been splicing uh, snake DNA into the machine as I create them. Well, that's horrific and terrifying. Yeah. Good night, everyone. Yeah. Um, this is ultimately Joe's fault. Eventually, the David clone army is going to find its way to Earth, and uh, it won't be our problem anymore. Everyone, warn your friends. Send this podcast to everyone you know to warn them. <laughs> For yes. their protection. Yeah, because it'll save you. There will be more information coming at the end of the podcast. Please stay tuned. Knowing that some of my lemming canes are currently working on... Uh, interstellar travel so you want to conquer the the universe after we take over earth that's like intersolar travel right yeah it is yeah yeah. intersolar travel well i mean we're working on interstellar i misspoke can we talk about the book but before all of my evil plans are laid yeah this is a wild tear that we've gone on we had to do it eventually david and i i think have had a couple conversations that like we're gonna have to eventually read this today we're reading left behind a novel of the earth's last days is kirk cameron on the front of the cover no it's it's an ebook and i I don't think there is a cover as such by writer jerry bruce jenkins and baptist minister tim LaHaye. i'm gonna be honest i don't really care to get into their stupid bios they wrote left behind i don't give a fuck now a hit movie now a hit movie like these were the movies i grew up on (laughs) wow i had to read the book i did not I didn't read read the books. They didn't look like good books. I was forced to. You know what they say, left behind moves the right forward. Fuck what? 
<laughs> you know, left behind. Oh, the right left behind forward. Right. Okay, I see. Yeah. I see. Yeah, it's I a, gotcha. It took me a second. I'm not saying that you could blame these books on the recent surge of Oh yeah, of uh yeah. Conservative Christian mm-hmm. specifically evangelical. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of power madness. Yeah, you you can maybe draw some. The uh yeah, I don't care. I've decided cuz cuz we talked about nonsense for 10 minutes. I'm not going to they they're not interesting people. They're they're kind of bad people in a lot of ways. They're really really dumb people. I mean, I I know you just said you're not really going to go into it, but I do uh-huh. just Yeah, if you've got something to add, fire it up. I I don't necessarily, but I have a question. Okay. So, as I understand it in my limited yeah. experience with them, um Tim LaHaye didn't really write this so no, much as just no. serve as a consultant. He was yeah? the idea guy. Yeah. Right. And And then the other guy actually put word to paper. Okay. What do we know about him because i know a little bit about lahey um i do have his wikipedia page in front of me um let me see what i can what i can feed you uh he's an american writer uh he's contributed or written to more than 220 books Hmm. it looks like he's just a writer for hire sure okay he does have a religious background he attended moody bible institute he's done a lot of very christian slanted writing Aside from that, it, it looks like he's just done. Uh, he has a, a mystery series called the Jennifer Grey Mysteries written in the 80s. He's written a lot of shit. So basically, probably a guy who you know came from a background of faith, tried to make a living as a writer in the secular world, mm-hmm. realized that uh, that was not working out the way that he wanted it to, and eventually became a holy ghost writer. Yeah, yeah. And it looks like he does a lot of ghost writing outside of the the kind of more more evangelical stuff. Apparently, he's ghost written autobiographies and memoirs for athletes, shit like that. Uh, he apparently wrote Billy Graham's autobiography, which <coughs> I mean, that that's a sentence. You know, put those words in sequence and process them. So yeah, d- does that satisfy your? Yeah, yeah. That's I that. got a story. You want to hear I, it? I do. Yeah, go ahead. So years ago. Years and years ago, I was trying to date a Pentecostal girl. Okay. And as I was making changes in the sense that I was being more accepting, mm-hmm. I agreed to go to a Billy Graham event, right? Mm, sure. So I, I ended up at Riverfront Coliseum where there was thousands of people. And the thing I noticed, and I was never invited back by this young lady, just in case you're curious. But I just started laughing at one point because half of everything he said led into him asking for a love donation. Right. Yeah. That's what they do. Like, you don't have to buy my book. You can pick it up for a love donation of thirty-one, thirty-five, or some shit like that. Right. I remember when that tour was going through because there's a photograph of me standing. Look at this I, photograph. Every time I do, it makes me laugh. <laughs> Dressed like jesse custer from preacher sure and standing in front of a window with a billy graham poster that says this will change your life and it's directly at crotch level (laughs) so i'm just like pointing at my crotch standing next to this photograph or this poster Mm -hmm. in front of a window and it's one of my favorite photos of me (laughs) it's amazing you'll you'll have to take a picture of the picture and send it to us at some point absolutely all right well if you like what we're doing 
which given the 12 or so minutes of fucking garbage that just spewed out of us i don't know why you would then you can go to we give you brainworms.com and give us a love donation via our patreon i'll give you a love donation mm-hmm. or give us an actual love donation here's our mailing address make sure the envelope is full he doesn't speak for us i mean he can speak for himself i know he's building his crystal palace <laughs> if i had a million dollars oh no oh no i just thought of like the chronicles of narnia they're like oh why is the snow so sticky oh, Jesus. oh god and that's the sort of quality content you can get at wegiveyoubrainworms.com. Oh, yep. I'll never, I'll never be able to watch that movie again. Book's better anyway. Uh, do we have anything else to add or do we just want to read this fucking book? Just read the stupid just, book. Just, just read the book. Left Behind, a novel of the Earth's last days. Book one of the Left Behind series by Tim LaHaye and Jerry B. Jenkins. And Jesus. And Jesus. Chapter one. Rayford Steele's mind was on a woman he had never touched. I'm sorry, is this person's name Ray Steele's? Rayford Steele. It sounds like a porno name from the 80s. Nice. That's what I'm here for. But he was thinking about a woman he had never touched, which, I mean, really... So all of them? Talk about centering your narrative. Yeah. Like, that's your opening sentence. Well, no, see, the thing is, is that that's what you take away from it. The average Christian is going to think of, oh, celibacy, this person's holy. But even then, like, that's your opening shot. Hey, celibacy is incredibly important. I mean, celibacy, sure, that's great. But what this does is it completely diminishes women to either ones you fucked or ones you haven't. Yeah, yeah. And makes ones you fucked way more valuable. And it's not at all noteworthy to to think about. They're sluts. And and you, you don't want that. Rayford Steele's mind was on a woman he had never touched. With his fully erect, I mean, fully loaded 747 on autopilot above the Atlantic en route to a 6 a.m. landing at Heathrow, Rayford had pushed from his mind thoughts of his family. Holy shit. Holy shit, gang. Friends. Wait, what happened? (laughs) I was just kind of idly scrolling through the Wikipedia page of Left Behind. There are four left behind real-time strategy video games wow wherein the player controls a tribulation force team and allows the player to use the power of prayer to strengthen your true your troops in combat and wield modern military weaponry throughout the game world there are four different ones yeah why are you guys surprised by this left behind eternal forces and it's three sequels okay do you guys not remember that first person shooter christian video game where you would oh the one that used the doom engine i I think so and like you shot people and when you shot them they got down on their knees and repented yeah no i i don't recall anything about that it looks like the sims wait which one eternal forces okay Over spring break, he would spend time with his wife and 12-year-old son. Their daughter would be home from college, too. But for now, with his first officer dozing, Rayford imagined Hattie Durham's smile and looked forward to their next meeting. First officer? First officer, yeah. Is that, isn't he piloting a 747? Is that the right title for that? I feel like that's a nautical title. Yeah, I don't, I don't really know. 
Maybe it'll make more sense as we progress, but that seems weird. Well, isn't William Riker like the Enterprise first officer? Yeah, yeah, and that's all based on Nautical. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe he's a Navy pilot? I I don't know. Maybe. Could be. Hattie was Rayford's senior flight attendant. He hadn't seen her in more than an hour. Rayford used to look forward to getting home to his wife. Irene was attractive and vivacious enough, even at 40. This book has strong attitude towards women, I think. I think so, yeah. But lately, he had found himself repelled by her obsession with religion. It was all she could talk about. Oh, he's a sinner man. It's a good song. God was okay with Rayford Steele. Rayford even enjoyed church occasionally. But since Irene had hooked up with a smaller congregation and was into weekly Bible studies in church every Sunday, Rayford had become uncomfortable. This is a completely unbelievable portrayal of an average male. This character, I believe, was portrayed by Nicolas Cage in the film adaptation of this book. That makes so way more if you sense. want to picture him in your head, please do. I was okay with God, and then I started going to church. Hers was not a church where people gave you the benefit of the doubt, assumed the best about you, and let you be. People there had actually asked him, to his face, what God was doing in his life. Blessing my socks off had become the smiling response that seemed to satisfy them, but he found more and more excuses to be busy on Sundays. Rayford tried to tell himself it was his wife's devotion to a divine suitor that caused his mind to wander. But he knew the real reason was his own libido. Besides, Hattie Durham was drop-dead gorgeous. No one could argue that. What he enjoyed most was that she was a toucher. Wait, didn't he the book literally start with... Yeah, he's probably observed her being touchy with other people to give the benefit of the doubt in this one fleeting little moment. We'll see. We have about a sentence to to see how that coin lands. Nothing inappropriate. Nothing showy. She simply touched his arm as she brushed past and rested her hand gently on his shoulder when she stood behind his seat in the cockpit. It wasn't, well... (laughs) He's a cockpit. God damn it, Kane. Okay, so maybe, maybe she's touched him, but he has never touched her. Yeah, and it doesn't count if she touches you. That's not real touching. Real touching is when the man touches the woman that's actual touching right it wasn't her touch alone that made rayford enjoy her company he could tell from her expressions her demeanor her eye contact that she at least admired and respected him whether she was interested in anything more he could only guess which was a good thing because he didn't respect himself and chris in his constant search for sex may be able to to contribute to this (laughs) how emotionally immature do you have to be to go she touched me on my arm skin she might want my my d let's see i dealt with that for i want to say i came out of that at like 24 five ish around ish i'm thinking this guy is significantly older with his 40 year old wife yeah also mind you that when these guys say, find a sex, that is a joke. But also, I've, I'm incredibly pure in that regards. <laughs> in case uh, anyone was raising their eyebrows, like, you're 25 and still thinking that? Like, yes, yes, I was. <laughs> but now, at the ripe old age of 25 and a half, he's learned. <laughs> he's gotten over it. <laughs> but, but 
serious. This, I mean, admittedly, like, and, and I don't know how, where the line between rumor and fact. Like, airline pilots kind of have that reputation as being just horny frat boys of the sky. But how? How are you supposed to take this character seriously as an adult? Well, you're, you're not. This is a guy who wants uh-huh. to have premarital sex and he doesn't go to church. He's a flawed character. He's going to change by the end of the book. He's going to uh-huh. have a character arc. Okay, all right. He's going to not want sex and <laughs> go to church. They had spent time together, chatting for hours over drinks or dinner, sometimes with co-workers, sometimes not. He had not returned so much as one brush of a finger, but his eyes had held her gaze and he could only assume his smile had made its point. So yeah, it's the she's getting more she flashbacks. He hasn't touched her. Right. And yeah, strong Morrissey flashbacks here. <laughs> maybe today, maybe this morning, if her coded tap on the door didn't rouse his first officer, he would reach over and cover the hand on his shoulder. In a friendly way, he hoped she would recognize as a step, a first from his side. Toward a relationship. This is gross. Yeah, I don't feel comfortable. And at first it would be. He was no prude, but Rayford had never been unfaithful to Irene. He'd had plenty of opportunities. He had long felt guilty about a private necking session he enjoyed at a company (laughs) Christmas party more than 12 years before. Irene had stayed home, uncomfortably past her ninth month carrying their surprise tag-along son, Ray Jr. Because condoms are as good as abortion. Though under the influence, Rayford had known enough to leave the party early. It was clear Irene noticed he was slightly drunk, but she couldn't have suspected anything else not from her straight-arrow captain. He was the pilot who had once consumed two martinis during a snowy shutdown at O'Hare, and then voluntarily (laughs) drowned himself when the weather cleared. I mean, that's just being responsible. (laughs) Right. Although I guess the implication there is that... uh, Normally, airline pilots, you know, they're all a bunch of drunks, right? Right. That scans with my uh, my cousin. Well, <laughs> I'm drunk right now. <laughs> Are you an airline pilot? Where did you get moon beer? Tell me. I don't drink beer. I noticed you didn't answer the airline pilot question. What are you hiding? I'm not hiding anything. David, would you do me a solid and just read the next few lines in your best Nicolas Cage impersonation? Put the bunny in the box. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, that's... I'd have to, like, watch some Nick Cage first to get him in my head. Sorry, I, I can't really pull him up right now. I just, I can do John Travolta doing Nicolas Cage doing John Travolta for you. <laughs> what? Fuck, fuck what? In lieu of nothing, we'll go with that. Uh, it might be so awesome that it might rip my face off. Whoa. He offered to pay for bringing in a relief pilot, but Pan Continental was so impressed that they instead made an example of his self-discipline and wisdom. It's the bare fucking minimum. (laughs) In a couple of hours, Rayford would be the first to see hints of the sun, a teasing palette of pastels that would signal the reluctant dawn over the continent. Until then, the blackness through the window seemed miles thick. His groggy or sleeping passengers had window shades down, pillows and blankets in place. For now, the plane was a dark, humming sleep chamber for all but a few wanderers. This would be a lot more exciting if Empress Teresa were flying the plane. Fuck, Mm -hmm. I was just thinking that. (laughs) (laughs) The question of the darkest hour before dawn, then, was whether Rayford Steele should risk a new, exciting relationship with Hattie Durham. He suppressed a smile. Was he kidding himself? 
Would someone with his reputation ever do anything but dream about a beautiful woman 15 years his junior? He wasn't so sure anymore. If only Irene hadn't gone off on this new kick. Would it fade? Her preoccupation with the end of the world? With the love of Jesus? With the salvation of souls? Jesus. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that, uh, you know, whatever problems that you're having with your, uh, talking specifically to the character, not like the audience or anyone, whatever problems you're having in your marriage, it goes way deeper than your spouse's new interest in religion. It's fair. I mean, I'm sure he could justify it by saying he's just getting a new relationship because she got a new relationship. Hey, God is in the bedroom too. I bet she wishes she had a real personal relationship with Jesus. Like a like typo negative kind of relationship with Jesus? Like typo negative kind of. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Or like, you know, Reagan in the Exorcist. Yeah, yeah. Let Jesus fuck you. <laughs> Lately, she'd been reading everything she could get her hands on about the rapture of the church. Can you imagine, Rafe? She exulted. Jesus coming back to get us before we die? What's yeah, boy. the difference? Yeah, boy, he said, <laughs> peeking over the top of his newspaper. That would kill me. She was not amused. If I didn't know what would happen to me, she said, I wouldn't be glib about it. I do know what would happen to me, he insisted. I'd be dead, gone, finis. But you, of course, would fly right up to heaven. He hadn't meant to offend her. He was just having fun. When she turned away, he rose and pursued her. He spun her around and tried to kiss her, but she was cold. That's not how you solve a... No. Okay, whatever. Come on, Irene. I mean, <laughs> no, come on, No, that's Irene. inappropriate. Come on, Irene, he said. <laughs> Tell me thousands wouldn't just keel over if they saw Jesus coming back for all the good people. She had pulled away in tears. I've told you and told you. Saved people aren't good people. They're just forgiven. Yeah, I know, he said, feeling rejected and vulnerable in his own living room. He returned to his chair and his paper. I think they just need some marriage counseling. If it makes you feel any better, I'm happy for you that you can be so cocksure. What they really need is a divorce. I really want to know what sort of people, in the middle of their marital argument, mm -hmm. use language like cocksure. Um, <laughs> farmers from the 1920s, I think, would use mm, So not airline pilots. In the mid-2000s, no. Well, you, you could argue that he's farming miles. You could, but it would be stupid. He's a cloud farmer. <laughs> I only believe what the Bible says, Irene said. Which one? The one that has no mention of dinosaurs, but does include unicorns, dragons, giant sea monsters in the deep, mm -hmm. angels, half angels. Nephilim? Or are those the half angels? Those are the half angels, yeah. Right, right, that's it. Insist that you shouldn't eat shrimp or cut your beard. Right. Yeah, that Bible. Every word of that is true. Stone you if your eyes are less than perfect. Mm -hmm. I remember there was one thing in the bible i forget what it was there was a scripture somewhere that was talking about how debaucherous this one location was and it was it was like yeah the, the ladies there are so terrible they like men with really big wieners like like with organs like horses and and ejaculations like horses yeah i know oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's uh that was fun <laughs> i wondered how come uh, that was never brought up in sunday school <laughs> you know funny story I, uh, I was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God fucking damn it. <laughs> when I was, uh, 
in my 30s, I faked a wedding for a friend of mine's photography portfolio. Oh, I so, see. Okay. Yeah, we, like, we, I uh, thought you were setting up that you had like, faked a wedding to get out of work or something. <laughs> no, no. But me and the person I was with at the time wanted to have the like party and the ceremony, but we didn't want to get legally married. And she needed some people to like have a wedding so she could do stuff for her portfolio. And so we got uh, this guy that we, we knew to dress up in a nice suit and come and speak at the wedding and pretend to be the uh, the pastor marrying us. Mm-hmm. And the verse that he read <laughs> was, in fact, <laughs> that verse, uh, mm-hmm. Song of Solomon. Yeah, yeah. Ezekiel verse 23, by the way, if anybody wants to look that up on their yeah, own time. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, emissions like donkeys and... That was it. <laughs> all of that. And the, the photos, Pixie was laughing so hard throughout it but the photos just made it look like she was on the edge of tears, emotion. <laughs> like they were beautiful. It was, it was such a tremendous awesome. moment. And if that guy was around right now, I would tell him he was a true minch. You know, Thanks, when, you first, when you first started <laughs> off and said, you know, I faked a wedding. I just pictured you like taking on an alternate identity where you were a lady, but you still had your beard and you just fooled this guy into thinking that you were a lady. <laughs> And the wedding happens and the rings come out and you tear off your dress and you're you're in like a, a biker outfit and you grab the rings and go yoink and you jump on a Harley Davidson right out the front door. What the fuck? I mean, I I kinda like that fantasy scenario, I'm not gonna lie. Uh though it's probably way more likely that if I was going to fake a wedding, I would show up and at the last second just grab the officiant and put them in a closet tied up with like, you know, their socks wrapped around their wrists to restrain them and then wear their clothing and go out and just deliver my own very bizarre ceremony and then sneak away. <laughs> All right. On a Harley Davidson. On a Harley Davidson. Yeah. This is a weird fucking trip we're going on. It's better than this book. You chose Left Behind. You yeah. can say that we're uh, we're on a plane of crazy. Going off the rails on a crazy plane. <laughs> you chose this book. <laughs> you did this to us. I'm sick of these motherfucking Christians on this motherfucking plane. <laughs> God, we're stupid. Rayford shrugged. He wanted to say good for you, but he didn't want to make a bad situation worse. In a way, he had envied her confidence, but in truth, he wrote it off to her being a more emotional, more feelings-oriented person. Female. Mm -hmm. He didn't want to articulate it, but the fact was, he was brighter. Yes, more intelligent. He believed in rules, systems, laws, patterns, things you could see and feel and hear and touch. David, do you think that the writers might be constructing a a bit of a man of straw with uh, Rayford Steele? I think they got a goddamn wicker man coming up here. (laughs) Yeah. God was part of all that. Okay. A higher power, a loving being, a force behind the laws of nature. Fine. Let's sing about it, pray about it, feel good about our ability to be kind to others, and go about our business. Rayford's greatest fear was that this religious fixation would not fade like Irene's Amway days, her Tupperware phase, and her aerobics spell. He could just see her ringing doorbells and asking if she could read people a verse or two. 
Surely she knew better than to dream of his tagging along. Why did you marry this person? She sounds really lame. I mean, she wasn't, clearly, they've been married for long enough to have a college-aged child, so... Well, I, yeah, but you, I wouldn't describe anyone that has a Tupperware phase as like, oh yeah, that's marriage material right there. I mean, people get sucked into multi-level marketing. Sure. All the time. Also, imagine being someone who is bright, interesting, and has lots and lots of potential things that you want to do, a life that you want to live, an internal secret garden Mm -hmm. that you try to nurture. And when you're in your, say, late teens, maybe early 20s, you meet this fella who seems to be on a great trajectory. He's got a good career. He's a nice person. You were both raised in a moderately nominally religious kind of conservative household and you agree on the political things that you never really talk about but then all of a sudden he gets to go off and live his life while you stay at home raising the children Mm -hmm. and washing the laundry and keeping the house and doing all of the things other than that job that living and having a family requires it just wears the life out of you and eventually in an effort to have something fucking anything that you have for you Mm -hmm. yeah tupperware parties are gonna sound pretty fucking great sure sure Although I imagine in the minds of the the writers of this book, that person is just doing their duty and any deviation from that would be scandalous. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that I, I don't think any part of my... That's uh, why God made women more emotional, so that they could take care of the kids. You know, that doesn't because even make you have sense. the impulse to like beat that. them. <laughs> Which is good. More emotional means that when those little fuckers won't shut up, you're more likely to drop kick them off a fucking cliff. Mm -hmm. No, anger isn't an emotion. Anger is a sin. Ah, wow. (laughs) Yeah, I guess that's... Uh, Wait, wait, are you guys still reading? (laughs) No, honestly, we haven't been reading for a fucking long time. I dozed off. If we're going to go through this book, just go through it. Let's try to get through as much as we can, and we'll just stop interrupting you, David. We'll just let you get through (laughs) as much of this book as possible so that we can move away from this book and never come back to it ever again. I make no promises. Irene had become a full-fledged religious fanatic, and somehow that freed Rayford to daydream without guilt about Hattie Durham. Maybe he would say something, suggest something. Hint at something as he and Hattie strode through Heathrow toward the cab line, maybe earlier. Dare he assert himself even now, hours before touchdown? Mile High Club. I like this is like this is written like horror, like he's building suspense. <laughs> is the pilot gonna make a pass at this woman that doesn't want anything to do with him? Will he damn his <laughs> eternal soul here in the last moments? Yeah, I guess it would be tension. If that's kind of how you were reading it, shit. Right. He's not a believer. It wouldn't matter what he does. He could fuck a donkey while setting a Bible on fire. It would have the same ending. It's true. I've set Bibles on fire before. if he were a believer, he could fuck a donkey while setting a Bible on fire and still ascend to heaven as long as his faith Mm. in his forgiveness Mm. was not shaken. Next to a window in first class, a writer sat hunched over his laptop. He shut down the machine, vowing to get back to his journal later. At 30, Cameron Williams was the youngest ever senior writer for the prestigious Global Weekly. The envy of the rest of the veteran staff, 
He either scooped them on or was assigned to the best stories in the world. Both admirers and detractors at the magazine called him Buck, because they said he was always bucking tradition and authority. That's what? this. Because that's how people do it. <laughs> that's how nicknames work. This is what this writer thinks a rebel is. This is the most vanilla, lame guy so far. Just, just keep going. Just keep going. Buck believed he lived a charmed life, having been eyewitness to some of the most pivotal events in history. A year and two months earlier, his January 1 cover story had taken him to Israel to interview Chaim Rosenzweig and had resulted in the most bizarre event he had ever experienced. The elderly Rosenzweig had been the only unanimous choice for Newsmaker of the Year in the history of Global Weekly. Its staff had customarily steered clear of anyone who would be an obvious pick as Time's Man of the Year, but Rosenzweig was an automatic. Cameron Williams had gone into the staff meeting prepared to argue for Rosenzweig and against whatever media star the others would typically champion. Uh -huh. He was pleasantly surprised when executive editor Steve Plank opened with, Anybody want to nominate someone stupid? such as anyone other than the Nobel Prize winner in chemistry, the senior staff members looked at each other, shook their heads, and pretended to begin leaving. Put the chairs on the wagon, the meeting is over, Buck said. How do you pretend to leave somewhere? Just like hover in the doorway, I guess? Like leaning forward as if you're gonna about to plant the other foot but never actually doing it? I guess. Steve, I'm not angling for it, but you know I know the guy and he trusts me. Not so fast, cowboy, a rival said, then appealed like to Plank. Johnny Cash lyric. You know the guy, I know the guy, and he trusts me. You letting Buck assign himself now? I might, Steve said. And what if I do? You gonna fight me about it? I just think this is a technical piece, a science story, Buck's detractor muttered. I'd put the science writer on it. And you'd put the reader to sleep, Plank said. Come on, you know the writer for showcase pieces comes from this group. And this is not a science piece any more than the first one Buck did on him. This has to be told so the reader gets to know the man and understands the significance of his achievement. Like that isn't obvious, it only changed the course of history. Anytime there was an, an alert or the plane banked too sharply, I prayed for a mid-air collision. <laughs> I'll make the assignment today, the executive editor said. Thanks for your willingness, Buck. I assume everyone else is willing as well. Expressions of eagerness filled the room. But Buck also heard grumbled predictions that the fair-haired boy would get the nod. Which he did. Such confidence from his boss and competition from his peers made him all the more determined to outdo himself with every assignment. In Israel, Buck stayed in a military compound and met with Rosenzweig in the same kibbutz on the outskirts of Haifa where he had interviewed him a year earlier. Rosenzweig was fascinating, of course, but it was his discovery, or invention, no one knew quite how to categorize it. That was truly the newsmaker of the year. The humble man called himself a botanist, but he was in truth a chemical engineer who had concocted a synthetic fertilizer that caused the desert sands of Israel to bloom like a greenhouse. Huh. Irrigation has not been a problem for decades, the old man said, but all that did was make the sand wet. My formula <laughs> I'll make your sand wet. added to the water fertilizes the sand. Now I'm picturing Nicholas Cage. All the irrigation system did was make the sand wet. Every character isn't Nicholas Cage. They are now. <laughs> yes, they are now. It's so boring. <laughs> Buck was not a scientist, but he knew enough to shake his head at that simple statement. Rosenzweig's formula was 
fast making Israel the richest nation on earth, far more profitable than its oil-laden neighbors. Every inch of ground blossomed with flowers and grains, including produce never before conceivable in Israel. The Holy Land became an export capital, the envy of the world, with virtually zero unemployment. Is this like an alt-reality thing, or did this actually happen at No, some point? no, this is okay. all... Everyone prospered. The prosperity brought about by the miracle formula changed the course of history for Israel. Flush with cash and resources, Israel made peace with her neighbors. Free trade and liberal passage allowed all who loved the nation to have access to it. What they did not have access to, however, was the formula. I, I, I know. Don't, I, don't, uh, I know. <clears throat> you did this, Jeff. Yeah. Buck had not even asked the old man to reveal the formula or the complicated security process that protected it from any potential enemy. Yeah, enemies that want to get out there and fertilize their <laughs> land to make it able to grow and support their people. <laughs> Fuckers. How dare they? The very fact that Buck was housed by the military evidenced the importance of secrecy. I think this book might have an agenda. What? I also find it really funny that in in the midair flight part, that's when Buck is like, I'm not going to write in my journal. When that's exactly when you would start writing your, like... It's literally downtime. Yeah, the planes so guys, are on autopilot in all points from between takeoff to landing. The pilots are only there for takeoff and landing. Well, Buck is not the pilot. Yeah, Buck is the, is the writer. He's a different character from Rayford Steele. Yeah. Do you think that Tim LaHaye and Jerry B. Jenkins see buck as this fucking hunter s thompson wild child of literature character <laughs> yep that's what they're writing him as no if you've read tribulation forces uh -huh. which i haven't and never will oh wait tribulation for i think that was a movie i watched when i was a kid all right well it's the second left behind book sure if you read that you find out that they all become true believers and too little too late work to fight against the agenda of the Antichrist, whose last name is Carpathia. Because of Nikolai course Nikolai Carpathia. That's stupid. And the, the UN becomes the global community and starts bombing cities. I mean, it's been a long time since I've read these books, but I hate the fact that, that this is going to be on brain worms. This is... <laughs> It's not even fun to like make fun of. Speak for yourself. Fun. Yeah. <laughs> I guess if you guys weren't forced to read these books, then yeah, that might be. Yeah, I had no relationship to them prior to this, other than making fun of them every time a new one came out. Right. Like that's legit. I I never picked one up and read it. Yeah, I had to read these. I'm sorry for your uh, your pain. There, that's what Kane. I'm saying. It's... If we could just finish, however many chapters. I mean, I could just summarize. As luck would have it, when everyone is raptured, one of the non-believers that's still on the plane just luckily happens to be the fucking pilot. <laughs> everyone should have died on that plane. You know what would have been a much more interesting story? Hmm. The pilots get raptured, and all the passengers are sinners, and then they have a limited time before the plane runs out of fuel to figure out what they want to do with their beliefs and lives and they're because they're all most likely about to die. A better story would be if the pilots were raptured, right? Mm -hmm. Just as a gremlin 
has landed on the wing of the plane and is tearing chunks of it off and throwing it into the engine. There's something. Something on the wing. <laughs> Some. That, that yeah. would be so much better than this book. Or if, if the plane passed through some kind of space-time threshold where furry gremlin monsters were eating all of reality. Nom, 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 yeah. nom, 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 nom. And Balky from Perfect Strangers. <laughs> <laughs> plays a villainous lawyer yeah do, yeah do you guys you just want to stop reading this book and just pick up Teresa and pick a chapter to that and just start reading that instead? <laughs> I, mean, I don't want to do that oh no, no are we, we just we... trying to farm listens so we're just gonna keep doing empress Teresa. <laughs> how deep are we into the into chapter one um the shit i don't know we can keep going until we hit 90 yeah i think is just i mean worst case scenario this has been good content has it been good content though i think so <laughs> i just hate i hate these books i mean you, you could have just put a period after i just hate <laughs> <laughs> i mean i specifically hate these books fair enough kane if yeah. you were to describe your hate if <laughs> the word hate was written on every <laughs> nano angstrom of all the microchips that run your facility, would that not begin to describe even the slightest amount of hate that you have? Did you say something? <laughs> Let's just go. Hey, everyone. This is post-production, Joe. And post-production, Chris. This episode, uh, we talked about Left Behind for a long time. We had a lot to say about it. David wound up talking us into going back in and reading for quite a bit longer. So I'm going to split the episode yes, into... Yes, I'm David, and I totally did that. That was my fault. I'm sorry, Yeah, that's, guys. that's David. It was his idea. Yeah, fuck you, David. I'm Kane. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So we're going to cut the episode here, come back and finish it next week. And we all agreed on this. Yes, I agreed on this. I agreed on it, too. Yeah, David and, and Kane and Chris are all in agreement on this plan. You can't see it, but I've got both my hands up, and I'm making them talk when... <laughs> nice. <laughs> You should just get socks and, and <laughs> Sharpie marker, a cane face and a David face on them. Like tape mouth? Yeah, yeah. And then we can just record the podcast, just the two of us. If you guys haven't seen that, YouTube tape mouth or whatever his name is. <laughs> it's a much better performance than ours. Isn't that right, Kane? Fuck you, Chris. You suck. Hey, I kind of like Chris. Sometimes. When he's finding a sex. All right, then. Uh, so I guess we're just going to remind you to go to wegiveyoubrainworms.com and uh, you can find all of our other projects. You can support the show on Patreon. You can jump into our wonderful Discord server. If you are a Spotify listener, that kind of thing, A, like the show, leave it a good rating. Also, go find our YouTube channel and uh, like and subscribe because that helps us in the, the algorithm that runs YouTube's brain. Did you tell them about the website? I did. We give you brainworms.com. I told him about it. Yeah, dot com. Dot com. Kane, shut up. That joke is boring. Shut up, Chris. <laughs> I guess that's all we have to say about that. Thank you for uh, listening, if indeed you still are. We're very sorry for what we've done. Yep, we're sorry. I'm yep. sorry. I'm sorry, too. Chris is very sorry. So is Kane and David. They just said so. All right, I'm going to push the button now. I'll give you a love donation. This has been a production of Brainworms Presents. Any copyrighted content contained within is used for purposes of review. Brainworms podcast is David Combs, Kane Magdalene, Christian Schaefer, and Joseph Wells. The theme music is Hodgepod Number 1 by Brian Davis. 
If you like what you heard, you can support us and learn about our other projects at wegiveyoubrainworms.com or by leaving a review on your favorite listening app. Jesus, fuck you!